and welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and bubbles, literature and libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen. Rachel, you, behind my back, offered our podcast to be critiqued by a podcast reviewer. I I did. Um, should I have gotten permission from you? Well, when you put it like that, no. <laughs> it's, it's just that he gave us a few ideas to make the podcast better. And I actually, I thought he was pretty spot on. Um, one of the items, though, is that we actually record in the same room. Right. We hadn't been able to do this. He thought it would be more dynamic, though, more lively if we could play off the energy of each other. And really, we could only do that in person. So I'm getting the distinct feeling you don't like being in the studio here at Lomelda while we're recording. No, no, no. It, it's not that. It's just that when we were on Zoom, uh-huh. I was in the comfort of my own home and didn't have to worry about the libations part of literature and libations. And I was listening to our last podcast when I was on my <laughs> way over. And I'm um, not saying anything. We had two bottles of wine. I'm pretty sure I drank the majority of those two bottles. But let me just say, um, I I didn't love, number one, how much I said fuck. Oh, oh we're going over this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I, I thought I talked too much and I seemed to interrupt a lot. So. But to- we, we don't mean to talk over each other. And I think. I'm used to that, and I interrupt a lot. Myself. I think it's hard for the listener, though, don't you? I don't know. We'll be more conscious of it. Though. Well, I, well, I'm going to have to be more disciplined. So uh, tonight, you just opened a bottle, just one bottle. We're going to do one wine bottle. And uh, do you want to talk about the wine? We will. Okay. All right. Yes, we have it in there. Um. So. Uh, We're not shaming. I, I'm not judging. We're only going to be able to do, I'm, I'm only going to have this one glass that you poured for me. And then I brought uh, my my tankard full of water. Good. Yeah. It's only fair that on the heels of the books we really wanted to love subject, I think we should provide our listeners with a list of books that we want them to experience. Yes. So in this episode... We will talk about books that we really, really want you to read. Um, I just finished Margaret Atwood's Blind Assassin, and I did not rush it at all. Um, I usually like to read about 100 pages a day, but I really took my time with this one because it is so beautifully written, and it's kind of dense when it comes to the story. And... um, I, I just think it's kind of respectful to go slow on some books, and this is one of them. Um, I haven't posted my review yet. I did add a couple of reviews for other books this week, and that uh, paperback Blind Assassin that I brought to you is an extra. Yes, so I'm holding I, it in my hands. First, I love that. The cover? Of, of the cover is yeah. really pretty, um, and I love anything 
by Margaret Atwood. Yeah, it's but really. You do have to read slow on her. I think I think you'll enjoy it, and I'm glad you're interested in reading it. But Thank I don't want it back. Um, when you get finished with it, pass it on. I will. Well, I just started reading in the last couple of days, One, Two, Three by Lori Frankel. Hmm. I am loving it. It's about the Mitchell triplets, Mab, Monday, and Maribel, and their lives and how they're living in the city called Bourne, and they're in high school, and they're all different developments. One is nonverbal, mm. the youngest, and one's super smart, but very OCD, and one's the regular one, you know. Mm -hmm. Is this fiction? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I just started it. I'm like five chapters in and I really am enjoying it. It sounds interesting. So, so everybody knows what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? <laughs> well, a shout out. We brought War King wines and we have the 2020 Lily Francis 100% Petite Bordeaux Rosé. And it's really delicious. I'll take a picture and put it in. We'll put it in the show notes on yeah, Facebook. You know, you can't go wrong with these wines from no. the War King uh, Vintner. Is that what you call it? Winery? Mm -hmm. um, I love, I still love the fact that they're a boutique winery mm -hmm. and they only deal with a small number of growers and a small number of great batches. And I just love that. And when you click on their um, ad, mm -hmm. You, you have a coupon code now for them. I know. They gave us a coupon code. Really? We'll put that in the show notes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I know. So, if, uh, so listeners, if you're a wine drinker, um, do do us a favor and go to their website and buy a bottle or two. Um, it, Sign up for their newsletter. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really, really a very good wine and I think a really good price. It really is. Um, now, I, I do want to talk. A, another book thing before we get into the thick of things. Um, our friend Kathy and I decided to read George Saunders' latest title together and talk about it, discuss it. Um, the book is called A Swim in a Pond in the Rain, which I love that title. I do too, because um, you can picture it. I've had some speed bumps lately in my reading life, and so I haven't gotten as far as she has. I think she's actually finished it, but um, I would love to have her as a guest on the show to talk about this book because he's actually a professor, and he he somehow uses his experience while he's writing this, I think, um, it's this whole subject matter is is really interesting, and I think it has a lot to do with philosophy. Mm. Um, so anyway, I've got that in my library, and uh, I, I'm just promising Kathy that I will. Hey, the, I think that would be a great episode. I may have to pick that up. I yeah. like I like his writing too. You know, usually we talk about we're not book centric. We're a topic oriented right but it, we could it, do something extra it may be interesting to do a, a book maybe we could do something live on zoom or something and uh -huh. put it on facebook that'd be fun i love to find a book that i enjoy so much i want others to read it remember you i remember you telling me that you actually pick up extra books at the thrift store 
and give them out to others. Yes, yes, yes. I've got a stack of books on the bottom shelf of my bookcase that I can grab and give away at any time. And I will talk a little about the, the titles in that stack during this episode. That's excellent. Now, when you have a book that you love so much, you want to share it with others. How do you get the word out? Well, I guess I'm not. I don't know. I just tell my book club okay, um, and maybe John or something. And that's about it. I don't, you're a lot nicer and book bougie than I am. Like you go out and buy extra books and like pass them out. And I was so excited when you walked in and you were like, I have an extra copy. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it does make you feel very special. So, but you know, I'm, I'm like, not, I'm not ordering them from Amazon or, you know, Powell's books or anything like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm finding them at Goodwill and, you know, places like that. But that's good. So I guess um, a penny for your thoughts and a quarter for your paperback. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll just make T-shirts with that. Um, hey, girl. Yes. <laughs> there, um, there may be a lot of these titles just like in the last episode. And like I said, I was listening to the last episode on the way here. Yeah. Um, and I thought we talked a little bit long about some of the books. Girl, we did. We talked for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was really entertaining to me, but I'm, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm my own fan club. Um, but uh, we'll, let's try to, Make them as compelling as they are without going on and on and on. Okay. I tried to be succinct. Okay. My first recommendation, I just got done reading it last month, was The Personal Librarian by Marie Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray. That's a big, long name, just like mine. This is a novel about J.P. Morgan's personal librarian, Belle DaCosta Dakota Green. She was a black woman, a woman who hid her identity and lived as a white woman. Wow. Back before, during the depression. I mean, like back when you really wouldn't do that. And employed by JP Morgan, wow. who was a, a racist. Shaker. Yeah. But he was also racist, anti-Semite. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. So she worked and supported her whole family. She lived in um, when she was in her 20s, Mr. Morgan hired her to curate his collection of rare manuscripts, books, and artwork for his new library he had just built, the Pierpont Morgan Library, which is now the Morgan Library in New York City. Mm -hmm. Bell becomes not only a fixture in New York, but in the art and book world. I mean, she was a mover and a shaker. She had impeccable taste with fashion and everything, a hilarious wit. And a really sharp, she had really sharp negotiation skills um, that built the library and built the assets of that library to world-class collection. Um, but she did all of this with her secret of being a black woman. And not just a woman in a man's world, but a black woman hiding that secret. I think Belle is a wonderful example of a strong, inspirational woman from our not-so-distant history so spoiler alert does he find out no he passes away nobody oh. finds out really yes that's very i cool. guess she revealed it later because it's a story now so is this historical fiction i guess yes and in fact at the end the authors provide a little bit of background and in fact they played with the timeline just a little bit mm -hmm. and sort of like there was one big party like out at the Hamptons that they 
pretty much just created, you know. Okay. Yeah. To yeah. kind of fit the timeline. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. I might have to add that to the list. Uh, mine is The Phantom Toll Booth by Norton Jester. And this is written for a younger audience, but the wordplay that they use throughout the story is just so beautiful. It's just clever. It's witty. Um, the fact that one of the characters is a watchdog and it is literally a dog with a clock in its body. I love that. It is a watchdog. Um, I, for a long time, wanted a phantom toll booth tattoo on my upper arm. It was the map from the book. You had told me this. And on the map, there are places like the doldrums and the... The Lethargians live there, and they do nothing all day. I love that. I mean, do you see how it is? I want to be that, yes. Um, And then there are uh, brothers who are at war with one another. One is King Azaz, A-Z-A-Z, and he's the um, king of Dictionopolis. So he thinks I love these. He names. thinks letters are the tops, and his brother is the mathematician, <laughs> <laughs> and he rules Digitopolis. Of course, of course, we're we're numbers. Now they banished their sisters, whose names are Rhyme and Reason. See, this is I love this. I know, I know. It's you know, if you've never read it, it is so fun. I mean, this is a story. This is going on my TBR list. Excellent. Um. When you started, when I started reading this and, and now I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, this is going on my, I love literal and yes, yes. I love all that. Well, the next book that I'm going to recommend, I read quite a few years ago, but it's the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society by Marianne Schaefer and Annie Barras. Mm -hmm. This is just a wonderful story after World War II. Uh, it's. Juliet, as Juliet is a writer looking for a subject for a new book, uh, she receives a letter from someone from the island of Guernsey who had come across her name written inside a book. And he started corresponding with her. And Juliet learns about the society members, the island's history, the impact of the German um, occupation of the island. And she was so intrigued that she decided to visit. So it's just a warm story about surprise connections and and where you can go in your life, you know, I, where life twists and turns kind of thing. It's written in my favorite style, epistolary. Yeah. Letters. Yes. Yes. And I um, I really loved that. Too. You either love that or you hate it. But the story is so good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it again, it's based on fact. Yes. So uh, it's, all the children left the island and yes. went to London. And yes, some never made it back. Well, and, and, you know, because they were they, adopted, if they did make it back, they, it would have been five years. And so they didn't recognize their parents. Right. Yeah. It's so traumatic. Um, my next one is the secret life of bees by Sue Monk kid. And, a good one. you know, it really, this book really had an impact on me. Um, I bought a copy specifically to use for making notes and writing my thoughts in the margin. I love that. And, um, so if you don't know the story of, of uh, this title it's about it's 1964 and a teenage girl and her uh, white girl and her black caregiver they flee a southern town after the caregiver insults a particularly racist man so they end up at the home of three black eccentric beekeepers and it's just it's such a beautiful story um 
and it covers so many areas, forgiveness, redemption, inclusion. And um, this is actually one of the only books made into a movie that I think is as good as the book. Um, Dakota yeah, Fanning yeah. plays the teen girl, Queen Latifah, the amazing Queen Latifah. She's uh, both of those actresses are amazing. Is the beekeeper. And um, another thing that I loved about this book is it it drew me to another book, which mm-hmm. I love it when they do that. And so in the chapters, beginning of the chapters, there are quotes from a nonfiction book, and it's called The Queen Must Die and Other Affairs of Bees and Men. And that one is by William Longgood. And I had to buy that one for my collection, too. And, um, you know, the title alone I know. is worth owning. It's so great. We've talked about this book and the other one by William Longgood in another episode it's a good book and i could watch that movie over and over and over and it never gets old Mm. so another book both you and i loved that i'm going to recommend was the nightingale by Kristen hannah Mm. it's a story another historical fiction all three of yours so far have been historical fiction i love that that's one of my faves um about two sisters living in france right before the german occupation i think it's a beautiful story of the human spirit for both of those women. Mm-hmm. And the story follows each sister taking a very different and separate past during the occupation. Like they didn't see each other for two years at one point, but each one doing what they can and what they could to survive. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is a book for everyone. This is a book for everyone. And you're right. Those sisters really took very different paths. Exactly. And they were both so believable. And very impactful Mm -hmm. in their own ways. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, speaking of impactful, uh, People of the Book by Geraldine Brooks um, is my next one. And this was unlike any book I had ever read. Um, It's set in the present day. And a rare book expert is invited to analyze and uh, maybe help with the conservation of one of the earliest volumes, um, Jewish volumes, ever to be illuminated with images. I know. Isn't that neat? So it is. It, and it, it's a real book. It, it has a name that I was afraid I would mispronounce. Yes, absolutely. But um as this woman is examining the manuscript, uh-huh. she starts finding these tiny treasures that give her a glimpse into the book's past. So oh. she finds an in, like part of an insect wing, and she finds a wine stain and some oh crystallized gosh. salt. And, de- and what she finds, the next chapter reveals how each of those items found their way into the book okay that's so cool it is so beautiful so in our book club we read another book by geraldine brooks the um year of wonders oh yes that was a rough book um yeah and based on a true story but i love this with the little the finds she finds um so we're gonna call this part one and we're going to take a little bio break and yeah. come back. This for wine's going right through me. Is it? There we go. <laughs> I hope our listeners out there are hearing some new titles that they want to try and read. Next on my list is A Man Called Oove by Frederick Bachman. Wait a minute. Oove? Oove. I've been saying Oove. I know. 
And what's funny is I've seen a YouTube clip where they they got all these different people pronouncing it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, is it ove like love or of like love, 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 mm -hmm. uva? And I'm like, and then this guy gets on there. He's like, uva, you know, so it's uva. 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 Okay. Uva. Anyway, I love this book because, okay, I love little grumpy old men. I don't know if you knew this, but <laughs> little grandpas are so cute. But this is a story about a very grumpy yet lovable old man, a curmudgeon, whose story changes when his neighbor accidentally mows over and flattens his mailbox. <laughs> so the story becomes comical, heartwarming. Uh, it's filled with tales of cats, unexpected friendships, and the art of backing up a U-Haul. <laughs> sounds pretty good. Um, now, I have talked uh, about this book before. It's mm -hmm. Patron Saint of Liars by Ann Patchett. This is the book that made me fall in love with this author. And it's worth noting, too, I don't think I knew this before. This was her debut novel. Was it written? I yes. didn't even know that. Yes, this That's was her cool. debut novel. And so um, it is set in the 1960s in Kentucky, and it is a home for unwed mothers. And for the most part, the ladies come and go. But Rose, who is a married pregnant woman, and usually at the home, usually she shows up at the home, uh, but she's married and, you know, and decides to stay. She decides to stay. So um, she's hmm. running from something. Mm -hmm. And the the thread uh, throughout is just, it's just so tender. And it is, um, really, it's all about lying and liars. And uh, it's broken into three sections, letting the reader get to know the characters, uh, different, three different characters' perspectives. Right. And it's just so beautiful. So beautiful. I love her writing. Mm -hmm. She's one of my favorite writers yes and yes. authors i'll read anything she writes yes so my next recommendation i read this maybe three or four years ago now but it's the lost wife by allison richmond okay the book i'm gonna i'm just gonna tell you the book starts off at a wedding where the grandfather of the groom and the grandmother of the wife the bride are sitting at the wedding together at the reception mm-hmm and the grandfather looks over and sees a remnant of the tattoo on her arm. And he touches, From the camps. And he touches her hand. And he says, I think you're my wife. Oh, my gosh. I know. I have chills. And I'm like, that's how it starts. Okay. <sighs> so it gripped my heart. Yes. From page one, you know, practically. Uh -huh. And so it's this doctor and his wife. They're both from Prague. And they get put in a concentration camp and they get moved around. They're separated, of course, because the women are separate from the men. Yes. And he spent almost his entire life looking for. Her. And when he came to America after about 10 years, mm -hmm. they declared her dead. Yes. So she didn't. So, of course, the story is follows each of their journeys. So she and marries and he marries mm -hmm. because they have grandkids. Mm -hmm. Huh. Right. That is so cool. Wow. It's a really great story. And that's like something that could really happen, you know, because exactly. sometimes things happen and you think, oh, this is such a small world. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, <laughs> my next one is going to seem really frivolous next to yours. Okay, sorry. I've um, got some funny ones coming up. This is uh, Then Came You by Jennifer Weiner. And um, Jennifer Weiner is the queen of the perfect beach read to me. Okay. It, it's just... Um, it's she's so uh, lighthearted and kind of it's almost chick lit. I don't mind that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I hate to pigeonhole it into something like that and saying that, you know, a man can't read this and enjoy it because he certainly could. But um, this one is the first book that I read by her and I still think about it. Um, it's about four very different women who are all struggling with one thing or another. They're all very, very um, their lives are very, very different and they're separate, but then their lives start to intersect mm -hmm. and it becomes clear that each woman has something to offer one of the others to help her with what she's struggling with. Oh, I love that. And it was, it's just really easy to read and it's got strong women and it promotes women lifting one another up, which I'm really into. I'm all about that. Yeah. So it's a, it, it's a really good book. So I would be remiss as a fan of JK Rowling and Harry Potter. If I didn't recommend all of them, mm -hmm. I love all of them. I love the whole in and out and the whole storyline, all, all the books. But my favorite is the third book, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Because it's a change of pace from the other books in the series. For once, Lord Voldemort, the name who should not be mentioned, mm -hmm. is not the main antagonist. Mm -hmm. They bring in Sirius Black. And at least we think he's... A bad guy. And the end contains some of the biggest plot twists in the entire series. Um, it's ultimately less about fighting good and evil. Mm -hmm. And it's more about finding your family and where you belong. Oh. It's it's my favorite book did out I, of the series. Did I tell you that I stopped the series in the middle of book four? I know. I'm sorry. That's Okay. I still love you as a friend, and you still know that I'm a weird Harry Potter person. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. Do you know who else, who a famous person loves Harry Potter? Mm. Margot Robbie. <gasps> really? Yeah. She loves, loves, loves Harry Potter. There's a lot of fans out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not that I reread them every year or anything like that, but I would recommend them. Do you reread them? Mm -hmm. You do? Mm -hmm. In order or just? No, actually, no. Okay. Not in order. What's the last one you reread? This one. Okay. I did it like it back in March. I know. I love that. <laughs> um, all right. Um, historical fiction for you. Okay. From, Yay. From my list. Uh, Pope Joan by Donna Wolfe Cross. And um, rumor has it that for real, in the ninth century, a woman disguised herself as a man and rose to become the only female ever to sit on the throne of St. Peter. Okay, I'm just going to sidetrack here. Okay. I am totally going to rabbit hole this. Sorry. Just this week, did you see where they discovered a warrior person dressed? And they thought it was a woman warrior mm -hmm. and a man warrior because there were two swords. Okay. And it, she was all dressed. But they did a DNA search, mm -hmm. and she was, I don't know what you call it, but she had an extra X chromosome. She was both 
genetics. Oh. She was both genders. Wow. And she was like B.A. Because she was like all in. I mean, like they buried her like 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 a king. That is very cool. Where where was she found? I think it was Finland. Uh Uh-huh. I'd have to go back and look. But that was just this week. And this is uh, August 3rd, 2021. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some research on that. That is cool. Um, I'm sorry. So just sign up. Well, this uh, this woman loved to learn. Of course, you can't learn. It's right. the dark ages. and But then her brother dies. So she takes his identity. I love that. Mm-hmm. Plot twist. She takes his identity. and um, Good for her. Since it's set during the dark ages, it's not like there's a lot of research that Mm -hmm. you can do so i i can't even imagine the kind of work that the author put into this but it is very interesting and the end has an author's note on why she thinks that the legend is true oh that's so cool it's hard to argue with it i mean she makes a compelling argument i love that yeah it's a really really great book Okay, so uh, we can avoid another episode that is just shy of an hour like our last one. Let's hammer this one down. So from here on out, Rachel and I are going to give two must-reads in a particular genre. And it's short. Yes. And Rachel, um, the first one is science fiction. Go. Okay. First two are Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. Shout out to John. And (laughs) Ready Player One by Ernst Cline. Okay. My two are Childhood Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke Mm -hmm. and The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. I love both of those, by the way. Uh, Next genre, horror. Anything by Edgar Allan Poe. Period. And that's it. That's it. No, Stephen King? No, I don't don't read gross. I can't read bad stories. Okay. Um, My picks for must-read horror are Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. That's scary as... It you is what? is very, but Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Did you know that? Real? Yeah. No. He also wrote uh, Nosferatu, which is really excellent. Now, the, I this was actually one of the books I might have recommended. This next one, sorry, okay, I'm interrupting you. Um, and then I would I would say something classic like mm-hmm. Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, Dracula by Bram Stoker, or even Rosemary's Baby by Ira Levin. So okay. the next genre, young adult. Okay, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, and I'm going to surprise you here, mm-hmm. The Hobbit by J.R.R.R.R.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> what? I know! <laughs> um, this one wasn't easy for me. E- easy one for me. The Phantom Tollbooth by Norton Jester. Yeah, that's a good one. And Sophie's World by Justin mm-hmm. Garter. Now, Sophie's World may be a little bit long for a younger, young adult, but it is really, really great to discuss. Awesome. Okay, the next one, graphic novels. Okay, this is, okay. I'm just going to put it out there. The Essential Calvin and Hobbes by Bill Waters. I love that book. All my, both my children have that book. We have it, we probably have like two or three. We have all the Calvin and Hobbes books. The other one that just came out a couple of years ago is called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. By Charlie Mackesy, hmm. which explores life, life's universal lessons. Okay, first off, it's artistically beautiful. Over 100 color and black and white drawings in that book. Ooh. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. 
Here's like one of the life lessons. What do you want to be when you grow up? Asked the mole. Kind, said the boy. Oh, it's so beautiful. Wow. Um, for this one, I like Mouse by Art Spiegelman and mm -hmm. Batman, The Killing Joke by Alan Moore. And they're both very, very devastating mm -hmm. in very different ways. Um, the last genre for our must-read list is nonfiction. My top two are Queen of Scots by John Gay, which is probably also one of the longest ones. Mm -hmm. It's gi ginormous. Mm -hmm. um, but it is so good. And she dies like, I mean, like epic. It's so good. And then the Between the World and Me by Tanisha Coates. Okay, so when Toni Morrison deems a book required reading, what else is there that needs to be said? That's true. This book is framed as a letter to his teenage son. Oh, yes. So it's really Tear good. Tearjerker. And it's so needed. Yeah. Right. Um this one took some time for me because I don't read a lot of nonfiction, but I, I would either. recommend Devil in the White City by Eric Larson and the Night Trilogy by, is it Ellie mm -hmm. Weissel? Weissel. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I want my nonfiction to make me smarter, and these two did just that. Exactly. And the sound of our cheering fans means it's time for listener comments. Instead of reading a few this week, can I encourage everyone out there to be sure that you're interacting with us on social media. Take a minute to answer one of the questions that we pose. We post like twice a day, both on Instagram and Facebook. A lot of you make us laugh when it comes up to some of your answers. Mm -hmm. And it really does put a smile on our face. And we're thinking of having another occasional feature where one of you call in and recommend a book to us. So it would be like you calling in and leaving a message on an answering machine where mm -hmm. you recommend the book title, the author, and then you tell us why. So we really love hearing from you. And there'll be more on this as we work out the details. So let us know which books you guys recommend over and over again and do you do like carmen do you buy a book and give it out or do you do like me and you're cheap and you just go whatever <laughs> and of course check us out on facebook instagram and pinterest and visit www.bubblybibbly.com like i said i finally loaded some additional book reviews so be sure, sure to check those out and remember as j.a langford said the love of books is a love which requires neither justification, apology, nor defense. 